1: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiora. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing?
2: LJ, doing good. We are now less than, or it'll be Wednesday when you guys are all listening to this. Uh, most teams only have one series left. One or two series left, five or six games at the most, Uh, getting down to the tail end of the regular season, but still lots to talk about. We have the National League wild card picture all set now, and uh, that's going to be our top story of the night. Of course, the Cardinals come into the game having won 16 in a row. Had they, or if they were to win the game tonight, they would clinch their spot. In the National League Wild Card as the number two team and they do exactly that this is just an incredible stretch that the Cardinals have gone on and it's all because some Padres fan tweeted Im- imagine if the Cardinals win 16 games <laughs> in a row from this point and that was literally the day prior to the streak starting so uh <laughs>
1: In, um, pod, in the Padres, the Padres as a fan base, as a franchise, can't even do anything the best. That's not even the best prediction we've had this year of no. anything. No. So this is an indictment on the Padres as a culture.
2: Well, the Cardinals beat the Brewers six to two. Adam Wainwright continues to dominate. LJ, he's at 17 and 7 now win-loss record, six innings, two earned, four strikeouts for him. Brandon Woodruff does get uh, only through four innings, four innings, seven hits, two earned, three Ks. This Cardinals team, LJ, like I fully expected them after they went down 2-0 in the fourth. I was not nervous whatsoever. I just knew this team is just playing at a level right now where it's almost like, too easy to predict what's going to happen. They just, I knew they were going to come back. This, this offense is just so loaded for whatever reason. Now, Harrison Bader wins player of the week over Juan Soto, which travesty, but he had a great week, Uh, but the real, the voters were really sweeping on Juan Soto tons of guys get hits. I think every single player, except for Adam Wainwright had a hit tonight on the Cardinals really, really, Just potent offense that we're finally seeing out of them. Tyler O'Neill's turning the corner. He's having himself a very, very fine year. Honestly, you could say he's been the best hitter on this team. But with the win, the Cardinals clinch a postseason berth. They come from out of nowhere where we were counting them out in early September. They clinch and they will get to face either the Dodgers or the Giants on the West Coast for the wildcard game. So they already know what to prepare for. It's one of those two teams. They can now line up their pitching for it. Uh, LJ, it always feels good, especially to clinch a wild card spot uh, early. So now you know what to expect, especially in this kind of situation.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. I think we're in a position this year where we could either see the worst playoff baseball in a long time or the best playoff baseball in a long time coming out of this national league, because there is really no surprises for the most part. Actually, I feel pretty comfortable with saying this. I'm still, I'm still back in, back in the Braves. Like I have all year, they're going to end up pulling this out.
2: And we're going to get to what they did tonight in a few minutes, which (laughs) they're coming.
1: And so, yeah, realistically, we've got the entire playoff, Playoffs for the National League set. We know who's going to be playing in them. So each of these teams is going to be able to really focus on what they want to do and how they want to set themselves up for the playoffs, as well as scouting the teams that they think are most likely to see and really make sure they're up to stuff, up, know their stuff, and up to snuff on them.
2: Tough one. Yeah,
1: it is a tough one, especially when, yeah. uh, Um, Can we talk a little bit, I don't know, it just feels a little awkward here. The very tongue-in-cheek headline on MLB.com right now of streaking into October as I can't tell which player this is, is screaming with his hands held up above his head as if he's running around streaking through the streets.
2: Oh, okay. I just see a picture of, I believe it's Paul DeYoung and Harrison Bader like kind of given like the shoulder or the elbow oh. tap. I do not see anyone streaking oh. at the they, are,
1: No, it's not. They're not streaking. Oh, but,
2: there it is. I see it. Yep. Hands in the air.
1: Yeah. That, it's intentional, right? It's got to be. It's got to be.
2: Got to be. 17 that. in a row, though. I mean, LJ, they have a chance. How many games do they have left? The MLB records 22 set by the Indians in 2017. Um, yeah, how many games do they have left? Can they tie it?
1: Is it 22?
2: It is 22 because we looked it up last night for Tito Francona. You did? Yeah, end of the show. I don't
1: remember that episode at all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good to know. Did we uh, record last night? <laughs> <laughs> let, me t- let me see how many games they have left. So they have, I believe, two more against the Brewers. Yes, so they play tomorrow and Thursday against the Brewers and then three against the Cubs. Okay, so they have five games left. They could tie the MLB record for win for win streak and then they could lose in the playoffs and then continue the win streak into next season on opening day and possibly break the record. So uh, no matter what happens, this is definitely – uh you know we talked to Lucas Smith prior to the year who was the host of the lockdown Cardinals podcast and he was like, look, it's NL Central or bust. I think he's pretty happy with this result now, especially with how they were looking coming into the month. I would say that Cardinals fans are very much pleased with how the club has started to play
1: well yeah if if you're going into the postseason with as good a form as they are, that's all that matters, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of playoffs in sports, I think of March Madness, MLB playoffs. Who's got the hot hand at the current moment? Really? That's 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 how you advance. I mean, it's literally like, you know, survive in advance, stuff like that. I mean, that we've seen in college in college sports. It's the same way in the MLB. You just need to scrap out a couple of games and there's there's nothing that indicates to me the Cardinals couldn't do that and make a deep playoff run whatsoever. Uh, wild card game is going to be brutal for them, but uh, LJ, I'm excited for this for this matchup. That's going to be a game where I am fully locked in for the entire game. This this Cardinals versus Dodgers or Giants, whoever it ends up being.
1: Now look, this is bigger to me, especially if the. I believe it's still the chalk, the chalk. Yes. The chalk holds in the West. If the St. Louis manages to get by these two, there's no doubt in my mind. They're winning the world series. That's how hot you'd have to be. This Dodgers team is ridiculous. And then you go around and you turn it, turn around to the San Francisco team, the best team in baseball. And No, they haven't had these crazy win streaks, but good luck trying to beat them three times. Yeah. Good luck. Like, honestly, this team has a ton of fight in them. They're incredibly talented. They just know how to win games. Yes, they'll drop some, but they know how to win games. That's why they're so much more scary as the division winner than they are as the wild card team. So it would be very hard for me to pick against them in a series. But if this St. Louis Cardinals team manages to make it past both of them, they've got to be the winner.
2: You would have to imagine, right? So they would have to play them back to back. Yeah, because whoever it is is going to be the number one seed. Whoever wins the NL West and is a wild card, you'll end up playing the other NL West team. So we will have to play them, one in the wild card, one in the DS. You're looking at a CS of like, Brewers Braves, like right? Is that is that a fair assessment? Am I missing something? Uh, yes,
1: because those are both those two teams will be playing each other in the DS.
2: That's right. And whoever it ends up being in the okay, so Brewers Braves would be the DS. The winner of that to the CS against the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals just. They put a beat down on the on the Brewers tonight with one of their best pitchers on the mound. They both had arguably their best pitcher. I mean, obviously, uh, Corbin Burns is the the best pitcher for the Brewers. But Brandon Woodruff is certainly no pushover either.
1: No, he, he is an ace. So and also keep in mind, that they swept them less than a week ago as well. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. As a part of the street. Yes, it's. It's crazy when you actually go back and you like think about all the teams that they swept, like think about the other side of it. If you're a Brewers fan right now, uh, I would, if I'm a Brewers fan right now, I am, I'm shitting bricks, LJ. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for the Cardinals. I am, I'm seeing what's going on and I am not excited.
1: Yeah. I, I wouldn't be, especially if you're, you're a pretty clear favorite if you're Milwaukee to, get out of the DS if that team made it to the CS they, they have spent so much time against you this year that they're going to know they know what to do they, they, they know what they're doing I wouldn't want to face them in seven games I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to face the Brewers either if I was the Cardinals but no you're right the Brew crew should be shitting bricks
2: well let's do our Cardinals Hall of Fame pick because yes. we only have four teams left to do for the Hall of Far MLB Daily Hall of Fame nominees. So
1: Brandon, if I can cut you off and um go on into this, who just as a reminder, it doesn't matter who it is, somebody from the organization. Who is your pick and why is it Lars Newbar?
2: <laughs> Lars Newbar is, you know, <laughs> I love the name. Love the dude. Uh You know, he's he's in contention solely based off a of name, but it's got to be Yachty or Adam Wainwright. I mean, I, I don't see that's that's where I'm leaning. And sure, you could go with Aaron Otto or Goldschmidt, but those guys aren't they haven't been on the Cardinals like the way Yachty and Wainwright have.
1: What about Tyler O'Neill? I like that. We were talking about a guy, 32 home runs, 14 stolen bases. Um, came up with, yes, came up with the Cardinals. I mean, he seems like a true blue type pick as well. Just a little younger.
2: Totally agree. Uh, I think he has the highest OPS on the team, beating out Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado having himself a fantastic year at only age 26 with tons of service time left uh lj what about the guy who could win national league rookie of the year dylan carlson
1: Mm, that's that's also a really good idea
2: i just think because he's he's gonna be in contention for nl rookie of the year
1: um yes he will i i look we should have started this off with saying this is this has been the best team in baseball over the last month, undoubtedly. It's gonna be hard because of that. We're gonna have so many great performances in our head. It's gonna be hard to pick against it. Just to keep expanding the list every ever so slightly. How about Patriot Matthew Libertore? Clutch hmm. starter for the US US national baseball team this year. Got to wrap That's up, right? I got, I got, I got to wrap it at least.
2: At least he's still in the organization, me. so
1: make it known. I, I have to make that one known.
2: He's a top fifty prospect in the league, so uh, very fair. Honestly, if I had to pick, but if I had to like narrow it down to three, for me personally, it's Yachty, Wainwright, Tyler O'Neill. And I'm huge disrespect to Arenado and Gulchman. I know
1: huge disrespect to Matthew Lieber <laughs>
2: Lars Neupar. I mean, how would you, how, how do you, what's your, if you, had, if you had to cut it down to three?
1: If I had to cut it down to three, it is Wainwright, Yachty, O'Neal.
2: All right, so we have the same group.
1: I think from there, I have to give it to Adam Wainwright if we, I have to talk 100% serious here. Look, what he's doing right now, he hasn't really been like he's been fine, but he hasn't been relevant in several years. And all of a sudden, here he's having this career resurrection at age 40, the 305 ERA, 200 innings pitched.
2: Oh, he's a or two, more 207, than that now. Yeah. 206. 207, which I believe puts him in the league lead for innings pitched. Oh at 40 brandon at 40 200 innings pitched at 40 uh, there's i mean it you probably have to go back to like the 70s and 80s to find that i mean there's probably some guy in the 90s that was able to do it but i'm just thinking the way that they operated back then it's it's ridiculous and not only is it 200 innings lj it's 200 innings of like very high quality pitching very oh, yes.
1: he a hundred percent should be what would you say top 10 Cy Young?
2: Yeah, no, he's gonna get Cy Young votes. He's gonna be on ballot. Deserves it. It's and it's not the first time that he's gone over 200 uh in his career whatsoever. He I mean, this is this guy reminds me of uh oh, why can I not think of his name now? There's some oh. Look, at it. forget what I was saying. The fact that this guy in 2019 threw 171 innings. 2020, he throws 65. I mean, he, he still started 10 games out of the 60, which is he was healthy the whole year. This year, he's started 32 games, 207 innings, over 170 strikeouts. The FIP is under, actually the FIP is one of the best he's had since, he was coming in second and third in the Cy Young voting back in the early 2010s. Yeah, it's it's amazing what he's done. I agree with you, LJ. If I had to make a serious pick, it's going to be Adam Wainwright. right? No slight to Yachty whatsoever. I mean, the pitcher and catcher combination is extremely important. Yachty uh, started off the year with very good hitting stats. He has since regressed. A little bit. The one thing that I just don't understand with him, he's only walked 24 times in 119 games. It doesn't seem possible.
1: (laughs) No, it doesn't. So we're good with Wainwright.
2: I am good with Wainwright.
1: We know. Okay.
2: All right. Well, LJ up next, we have Mets news and We'll start off with the good news for the Mets. Noah Sindergaard, LJ, he's back.
1: Yes, indeed. Brandon, how would you say, how, how well do you think you would say his being back was?
2: Well, his being back was starting a double he- or was starting game two of a double header and pitching one inning, faced three batters, struck out two. Uh you have his top speed, I believe, for his pitch for for the small amount of pitches that he did throw, which was only 10, nine were strikes. Did you end up getting his top? Yes,
1: I do. We got a he topped out his fast, his forcing fastball at I believe 96.2. Um change up was sitting around 89 to 90. Sinker around 95, 96 as well. So where do we stand on this?
2: It's, I mean, it's awesome that he came back and pitched good. I mean, we saw Chris. No, but did he pitch good? Yeah, two strikes. I mean, in the inning, he was out there. He threw 10 pitches and nine were strikes, and he didn't allow a base runner.
1: Well, Brandon, let me rephrase this. He did what he
2: was asked to do. They told him he was pitching an inning. He pitched an inning.
1: Yes, he got the job done in terms of the conventional sense right now. However, let me ask you this in the mindset of the, you're the president of baseball operations for a major league baseball team. Your your team needs a starting pitcher. How much money are you willing to throw at Noah Syndergaard right now, having seen his return?
2: He is a free agent after this year, right? Yes. Ooh.
1: Uh, that that's what I mean in terms of how this went if this was a disaster or not because
2: so he's earning 9 million or close to 10 million now he's going to be he is 29 he just turned 29 this year um, I'd have to imagine he's going to get like a 3 or 4 year deal average annual value I mean You also have to remember he hasn't gotten a payday yet either, which is important to note. Average annual value, 15 million. Is that fair? I mean, uh, when he's been healthy, he's been one of the best pitchers in the league. It's just when he's been healthy. I mean, 2017 was a lost cause. Uh, 2018 he battled injuries. 2019 he's able to make it through the whole year. Then he has uh, Tommy John has to miss all of 2020 almost all of 2021 so injuries are have certainly gotten the best of him but when healthy he is uh been a very good pitcher I would say somewhere around uh 15 million dollars uh per year something like that he'll probably get overpaid too
1: interesting yeah eh. will he though in this market in a market that we've seen get so stalled out to the point where guys that we all assumed were established starters guys that you knew you'd be able to go out there and get something at least decent out of guys like Jake Odorizzi Rick Porcello etc that were on the market last year either never got picked up or Cole Hamels never got picked up or they didn't get picked up until the season had already started or the se- the season was about to start in Jay Goderizzi's case.
0: Mm.
1: So th- they will find any way to not bring a guy in or not give a guy the money he wants. And Noah Syndergaard is giving you a lot of reasons not to give him money right now. Let me remind you, in that 2019 season – his last healthy season, really his one of his only two fully healthy seasons. He ended up giving up the league high 94 earned runs that year. 94. Had a 428 ERA. That was a huge fall-off from any other year he'd pitched. You then add that into an injury history. You add that onto coming off of Tommy John. And then you add that on to a mile and a half per hour to two mile an hour roughly decrease in fastball velocity
2: it was only 10 that's pace. a lot to scare
1: no 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 no. those were his freshest pitches brandon he hadn't pitched a game in years
2: yes but it's only he
1: went out there knowing he was going to get 10 i'm, I'm just can saying
2: guarantee you that he can throw harder than that
0: in a game
1: for an entire start no and the other thing you have to think about here brandon His motivation is also to secure the bag. That's the entirety of what this one-inning start was for. It was to get the fans excited and to get him some form of tape to show, hey, this arm is all good. I look good. Look at me. He knows he needs to keep those types of numbers up because those are the things that teams are going to look for when they decide contract length and contract value.
0: He certainly has. I'm
1: not, and he didn't, it's not that he did a bad job. I just think he really, if he was going to be, if he's going to be successful in the market this year, he needed to go out there and do a great job. This was just a good job. From what we expect from him.
2: That's fair. Um, it's also worth noting that he is a part of the CAA sports. Agency who also represents uh, a couple pretty notable names here, at least guys that you've definitely heard of. Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, Josh Hader, uh, Tanner Houck, Bobby Dahlbeck, a couple of Red Sox in there. Uh, let's see if there's a- so Michael that's a, lot,
1: that's a lot of very young names.
2: Shohei Otani is represented by CAA Sports. Uh, JT Real Muto, who signed a big contract, is represented by them. Gene Segura, Buster Posey, big names here that are uh, represented by uh, CAA Sports. Will Myers signed a big deal. What's that?
1: where are you going? Like, no, no, didn't mean to sound disrespectful, but.
2: Oh, what's the no, point? the, the agency has, I mean, we've seen what, what Scott Boris has done the last, however long, he just throws out a random number and somehow teams end up saying, eh, that sounds about right. Yeah. If you're with an agency that is also representing other big players like this, you're going to get, he's, he's going to get a bag, no matter what, they're going to figure out a way they're it's, He, The thing is, the leverage that Syndergaard and them have is like, all right, we've seen in the past that it's very easy to return from Tommy John and put up similar statistics to what you've done. There's hundreds of cases where guys have come back. Nathan Evaldi's perfect example. I mean, he's probably gotten better since he's had his Tommy John surgeries. Same with the guy... Same with a guy like a Jamison Tyone, too. I mean, he still provides a lot of value. To oh, yes. I mean, someone is going to be in the market for a starting pitcher. It could be the Mets. It, it could be a bunch of different teams. But I, I don't see how he doesn't get a pretty big paycheck this offseason.
1: I just, if I'm him, I come out of this outing just slightly sweating, maybe just, just perspirating a little bit under the arm over whether it's going to be as big as I, as he wants.
2: That's an absolutely fair assessment, but LJ, should we talk about his teammate, Jacob deGrom? Basically, uh, Oh, and of course, now the article pops up on MLB trade rumors. Noah Syndergaard d- discusses impending free agency, literally just broke a minute ago, <laughs> of course. Uh, in terms of Jacob deGrom, though, the Mets have shut him down for the remainder of the season. Uh, quote, they, uh, Luis Rojas's quote was, there's no sense to let him pitch in what would essentially be a meaningless game adding that Jacob DeGrom would have also been deployed. He would have not been shut down had they been in the running for a playoff spot. Uh, and I guess they said like he's fine to pitch. Like he definitely could pitch if he wanted to, if, if they wanted him to, but yeah, LJ, you, you certainly had a few comments about this, I know.
1: <laughs> Look, just Why? why what actually can anybody explain to me what the point was to even telling us would anyone have actually noticed if they just never made a statement on it and just the last game of the year went by and he just didn't play again
2: I think maybe a reporter (laughs) asked him uh about it and that's what asked Luis Rojas about it still then you could be like
1: If you're going to BS your way through this season trying to avoid negative Jacob deGrom headlines, why stop now? Is it just because you're out of the playoffs and you don't care anymore? Because that's a bad look on the team.
2: Also, this year's Mets team is the – they were in the lead in the NL East for over 130 days. That is the MLB record for most days in first place in your – division to then end up finishing under 500 and they're not even close to 500 they're about 10 games under 500 so or actually no they got to seven today because they swept the marlins in a doubleheader. big whoop there you go still seven games under 500 and they were leading for 130 days yeah no lj i agree uh you know there's not really a point to this uh of course his official stat line that he ends with is incredible 92 innings a 1.08 ERA uh he was the heavy heavy favorite to win the cy young right before he got hurt i think the odds were something crazy like the implied odds that he would win was something like 90% chance and this was like the end of may and
1: he was an mvp candidate at the end of june
2: it was, like, me and you, I believe we were saying, like, there's no way you couldn't vote for Jacob deGrom for MVP had he kept up that stretch that he was on. Uh, he's still the Mets' top player by, by war for the year, and he only threw 92 innings. He had five war, LJ. That's more than Adam Wainwright has in 200 innings. This – can you still get to sign? Huh? Yeah, can he? I mean, five war. I mean, he's up there with the likes of Corbin Burns and other. Where
1: is Corbin Burns currently standing in terms of war?
2: Let's see. So, DeGrom, according to baseball reference, is at a flat 5-0. Burns 5'9. – 5-9. So – And the FIP is way better for
1: Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, and like if you went to look by, like, war per nine innings, like, it's there for Degrom.
2: What I think is fascinating
1: might be winding his way onto my phone, uh, Just saying. Well,
2: what I think is fascinating is that. So usually, if you subtract ERA, or if you if you subtract FIP from ERA. If there's a difference that's in the negatives, that usually implies that the pitcher has gotten a little bit unlucky. Of course, 1.08 ERA minus the 1.23 FIP will give you a negative 0.15. Meaning somehow he was unlucky this year when he LJ 146 strikeouts in 92 innings. He struck out 14.3 batters per nine. <laughs> in 15 starts but also it's 15 starts but how many of those starts was it like three innings four innings towards the end there it was getting a little shaky five innings a lot Uh look it was one of the best things that I've watched in a long time watching him pitch every fifth day sucks that he got hurt sucks that they weren't able to bring him back but He'll be back better than ever next year uh, and will win the 2022 Cy Young Award.
1: Yes. Realistically, how many do you think he ends up with?
2: Uh, Look, I'm I'm saying he's going to win the Cy Young Award, but at all... No, no, no,
1: no. I would say say he was the favorite coming back next year.
2: Yeah, and he probably should have won it last year too. I mean, Trevor Bauer got to face the eight of the 10 worst offenses in the league for 60 games i mean still a great year by him great year by you darvish jacob DeGrom, i thought had an exceptional year as well uh how many do i think he can win Um, he's going to be 34 next year. So maybe one or two more. Uh, I think saying two is, is up there because if we haven't seen very many guys win like three Cy Youngs, I think the record's Roger Clemens with seven, right?
1: Which, how how many you actually give him is questionable
2: he could actually yeah I mean Roger Clemens I thought should have got it the year he was on the Astros that's a that's another time we're gonna go in the offseason and look at all the bad award voting that there's been in the past it's it's really bad in some cases but yeah LJ, I, <laughs> I guess two two is fair I two
1: think it's still. two yeah the the big marker is how many guys get to four because I believe there's only five players at four right now Mm, and then okay. after that, it's or in all time. And then in terms of active leaders, you have Max Scherzer at three, Kershaw at three, DeGrom at two. So uh-huh. that's why it's such a big story that Scherzer's competing for the Cy Young right now is that he gets put into that like upper echelon of starters. I definitely think I can see Jacob DeGrom with that group. I can see, Jacob DeGrom winning.
2: If Jacob DeGrom was to get a fourth or to win two more, you're right. He'd have four. He would be in the likes or in the group of Roger Clemens with seven, Randy Johnson with five and Randy Johnson won four of them in a row with the Diamondbacks. Uh, Steve Carlton with four. One of the most underrated players in baseball history, in my opinion. And uh, then it is Greg Maddox with four. Sandy Koufax with with three, but he retired at age 30. He probably could have won five more. Uh, it's You're in some elite, elite company, especially when Pedro and Clayton Kershaw only have three. If you can get that third one, you're sitting really nice the fourth kind of immortalizes you if he if you're not already immortalized by three all right on to the nl east the braves and the phillies with a huge series uh starting tonight and I believe coming into the game, the Braves were at 83 and 72, the Phillies 81 and 75. I don't know how many games back that is, but what was it? One and a half, two coming into the game. And the Braves take care of business against Philadelphia. Uh, Charlie Morton, seven innings, three hits, no earned runs, 10 strikeouts. For him, he duels with Zach we- Zach Wheeler, who picks up his tenth loss of the year, but only has a 2.78 ERA. Just could not get any any run support. He goes seven innings, two earned, seven strikeouts. A uh, really hard fought game by both teams. Real a pitcher's duel. Both teams didn't need to go deep into their bullpens. Uh, this is just your classic two starting pitchers going at it for seven innings and who's, who's going to give. And it happens to be uh, Zach Wheeler, who allows a two run single by Jorge Soler in the third that proved to be the winning runs in the game as uh, the Phillies end up getting one late run off of Will Smith. Uh, But it does not matter. Atlanta wins two to one. Now, with the win, the NLE standings are Atlanta 84 and 72, Philadelphia 81 and 76. So the Phillies are three and a half games back. LJ, they're done.
1: Yep, correct.
2: The Braves have won four in a row, the Phillies have lost two in a row. The Phillies are now underneath a positive run differential. The Braves, you know, LJ, it was a slow start for them. And then they lose Acuna. And then they're like, you know what? Let's just go make all these moves at the trade deadline. Just why not? We'll just trade for four outfielders. And they put it together. This team is still scary. I, I mean, starting pitching is a little bit shaky for them. But if they can get Charlie Morton to go seven scoreless innings in a playoff game, they're setting themselves up pretty good. And let's not forget since Max Freed has been back, LJ, you wanted to give him player of the week, uh, right? He had 15 scoreless last week or something like that. Yeah. It's let's not forget LJ. They got Huascar Inoa back as well. Ian Anderson to have a top four of Charlie Morton, and Freed, Huascari Noah, Ian Anderson. Not bad, especially when for long arms out of the bullpen, you got a guy like Drew Smiley in there as well. Uh, scary team. They're going to win the NL East. Uh, and I honestly don't know what to think about them in the playoffs. They're just a team that is either going to go on a deep run, like they want that revenge from last year after blowing the three-one lead, or I can see them getting smoked by the Brewers. Uh, yeah.
1: Look, they're a very good. They are a very good team. Much, they're a better team than their record. I would even say.
2: For sure, for sure, I'll prefer, or they... Right look,
1: right I'll... now, or let me correct myself because of like the way I, I established very logical statement yesterday about record over 162 games. Right now, the team is playing better than their record.
0: Yes, so... sort of the Cardinals.
1: Yes, so they are, they should, in my head, they. Sh- I keep thinking they should be a real contender but I just cannot see it and it's just because of how ridiculous this Milwaukee pitching staff is and the fact that they've built something out of nothing with this lineup to the point where they're a very competent group offensively with a lot of guys who can get up and get those clutch hits with that being said I think there are more talented hitters on this Atlanta side I think there's more clutch hitters on this Atlanta side and because of the disparity between the two lineups. If Acuna was in this matchup, I think it would be very hard for me to call it.
2: I agree. Uh, totally agree. All right. Well, let's jump over to, to the American League as the Yankees and Blue Jays start a huge series tonight. Uh, the Yankees end up picking up a 7-2 to two when they get Hyunjin Ryu out of the game, he goes four and a third, six hits, three earned runs. And Yankees offense is finally coming alive. I mean, this is exactly what we, we needed. To put up seven runs is huge. Uh Jameson Tyone, who got the start for the Yankees, ended up leaving in the third inning due to injury. He had only allowed one hit and one run up until that point. It's okay. We have michael king comes in uh goes two and two-thirds a really strong ball and then it's the bullpen from there they go clay holmes chad green severino wandy peralta not a single one of those guys uh green through peralta allows a base runner clay holmes walks two, but pitches a clean inning uh great win for the yankees uh especially when we look at the other result that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, but very happy to see the Yanks win their are seventh in a row and very briefly, I want to talk about Bronxy, the turtle, the Yankees prior to the Texas Rangers series, uh, Nestor Cortez jr. Acquired a new player. Yes. Bronxy, the turtle, um, is now an official part of the Yankees organization. He walks around the clubhouse uh, prior to games. He made the road trip to Boston, which I think is very, very fitting. The fact that we were able to allocate travel space for, for Bronxy is awesome, but it's, it's our rally turtle. So I can't complain. I'm, It's awesome. Uh, Finally, we have something to actually like, I've been complaining the whole year. The team doesn't have any fun. It's all serious stuff.
1: Exactly.
2: This is better. Baseball is better when when you make it fun.
1: It is. And, you know, I don't think we've talked enough about that. Is that just going to be perpetually something of the culture? Maybe it's just the fact that they're in pinstripes, but I can tell you from an outsider's perspective on the team, there is either a criminal lack of, exp- of like exposure out of the culture other than like the obnoxious fans, or there isn't a lot of fun stuff within the community or within the team to be promoted. Like there's either being a really poor job of promoting it outside of the Yankees fan base, or there's nothing there to begin with. And both of those, I think, is a shame because it really feels very, very incredibly businesslike the very demeanor of the key. I mean, even like the funner, the more fun, funner, cheese more fun stuff that they do just kind of comes off. Like they do it and then move on with their lives. completely.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's just based on what George Steinbrenner instilled in the team for years upon years. And there's, you know, now that it's how they're still following that somewhat, but LJ, Red Sox and Orioles.
1: Actually, I've got a follow up question on that. Follow oh, okay. up, you Know what the current COVID protocols would be for a rally turtle? Like, does he have to mask or?
2: I would hope not. I feel like the mask would uh, cover his entire head. So,
1: not if you make it like a small enough mask.
2: If if you want to, if you would like to look into getting Bronxy a mask, like a nice little uh, tailored Yankee mask feel free the it's i'm sure i'm sure lord you can look into it
1: i just oh my what i just looked up turtle mask and the first image on google is just kind of gonna haunt me forever
2: i'm gonna look it up
1: the latex turtle mask that just does not agree with my sensibilities
2: oh yeah (laughs) Okay. Everybody,
1: I encourage you to look up Jared Mask because it's just going to haunt you for the rest of your day.
2: Well, LJ, something that probably haunted you today was the Red Sox and Orioles game. Baltimore picks up a 4-1 to one win. Chris Sale stays in the game into the sixth inning. He had a real low pitch count up until that point. Uh, and Baltimore gets to him in the bottom of the sixth. Ryan Mountcastle with his 32nd home run of the season. Uh, then I believe Pedro Severino single because Rafael Devers forgot to field the ball. Uh, yeah. LJ, you can take me through tonight's game. If you'd like,
1: look, I, I could, but I don't want to, it wasn't a good game. It it happens as I, as as we discussed multiple times before this, Good teams lose to bad teams in baseball all the time because of the very nature of the game, it's percentages. So I'm not going to get too worked up about this. I already budgeted for this. Now they just have to win the next five straight. It also, it also helps. I find it interesting that you very selectively managed to leave out. wait, no, you didn't. I'm confused. I was going to say you left out the Blue Jays losing, but you technically didn't. Yeah, with the Blue Jays losing, it doesn't really hurt us. But that's four in a
2: row you've lost now.
1: That is four in a row we've lost. But our next five are against the Orioles and the Nationals. You add that in with the fact that at this rate, with the way the Yankees looked tonight, they could very easily just go ahead and sweep Toronto, which would get them out of the picture.
2: If the Yankees sweep the Blue Jays, I believe as long as
1: games. So as long as we win one, we need to win one game against Washington to knock them out. As for Seattle, <laughs> we definitely have the tiebreaker with them because with the head to head. Or no, that's not and head-to-head.
2: If They're Seattle out-to-head. wins tonight, they are a half game. Their game is still going on right now as we speak, and they are winning three to two in the seventh against Oakland. Should Seattle win, they'll be a half game out of the wild card. They'll have won nine out of their last ten. Uh, they're just winning at a dumb time. That's all it is.
1: Yeah. So I, why do I not feel threatened though? Is the thing.
2: No, you shouldn't because you're still in the what you're even if Seattle wins, you're it's still in the wild card. They're still playing Oakland. Remember who is not a bad team, <laughs> but a very good team. It's
1: also a one run game. But no, my, my point being, it doesn't feel, with the way New York looked tonight, yes, it's very threatening. It's a, it's a real threat that we're not going to get the home playoff game, but it is very threatening. It, it doesn't feel very threatening that Toronto's going to get in there. And I don't feel that threatened by Seattle still.
2: In so- Toronto, a lot of it, you can blame on how they played the last three weeks leading up to this point, I, I feel like. Like this, sure, this week for the Blue Jays is huge, but they they cost themselves their their chance last week and the week before that. Would you agree?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just can't wait for a Garrett Cole versus Chris Sale wildcard game. Uh, that's gonna be incredible. So the two wildcard games are shaping up to be excellent pieces of baseball. All right, really quick, I wanted to mention this. The Astros said they might use Zach Ranky in relief in the postseason. Uh, it would be primarily motivated because or by his workload concerns. He's on the IL now. He'll be back for the start of the postseason. Uh, he's only made two starts in the MLB this month. The most he threw was 75 pitches. Uh There's still some concern he won't be able to get up to 100 pitches in the postseason. LJ, this, I mean, sure, they're saying they might want to use him out of the bullpen, but...
0: Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com
2: slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22. I mean, he's still going to get very productive innings no matter what. Uh, and that's all that matters in the playoffs. I mean, we saw uh, David Price come out of the bullpen for the Red Sox in the playoffs and everyone was fine with that. Uh, I I don't see it being an issue.
1: No, I don't either. The only thing is it's just it's unfortunate. Like I don't hate the decision given the circumstances, but if I was an Astros fan, I'd be very disappointed that these circumstances exist. Just because this is a guy who can give you so so many when he's on, when he's right, he's going to be able to give you 7-8 innings. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge asset in the playoffs that you really lose out on.
2: Yeah, uh for sure, and this Houston team, I think they just think that they're just going to outscore everyone in the playoffs. Like that's all they care about is just their offense, their bullpen, which they did help this uh, at the trade deadline is better. But their whole well, their whole name of the game is just to out hit everybody.
1: Well, yeah, and that really works for them, and it works even better as we've talked about, even without Greinke. There's a lot to love with this rotation. Oh, yeah. A lot of guys that can get very hot and be a nightmare. So keep in mind, they still have Fran Valdez who's under a three ERA. They still have um, two guys under 325 in Lance McCullers and Luis Garcia. Like, there, there's plenty here to love. You don't necessarily need him, but it's nice to have him.
2: All right, well, let's get on to our Colorado Rockies post-mortem. Well, LJ, they didn't finish as the worst team in the league like most people thought they would.
1: Feels like it, though.
2: Hey, they got 71 wins. They have a chance to end up with almost as many as the Mets. (laughs) The tale of two seasons right there is when you look at their records and be like, wait a minute. They're two comparable teams. It's just like nope, not even close.
1: Well, oh. I I also think with this group, is this a case study for why we've all been wrong with the idea of let's build this team for cores? Brandon, this team went forty-seven and thirty-three at home this year so far. With I'm not sure if they have any more to go.
2: Um, they have two more against the Nats. At home. Yeah, yeah, so the game tonight against the Nats that they won isn't count. So, one more game at Coors, and that's tomorrow. Right.
1: So, let's hypothetically say 49 and 33. Okay. They went 49 and 33 on the road, and so far this year they've gone 25 and 52 on the road. That drags them below 500, despite a really good. Home record. I'm trying to see. They've got more home wins than the Padres,
2: Yankees,
1: the Cardinals,
2: Astros, Braves, Phillies, Mets. Brewers, Brewers, Reds, Giants. They would be tied with.
1: Yeah. So exactly. This is a. This is a really good team at home, but you can't just be good at home. This is what we have now learned by this team. I'm right. I might be very close to ditching the idea of building for course.
2: How about just build a good team? Like, did they ever think about that? Like, sure. You have like, maybe try to get guys that hit the ball in the air more in your lineup. But like you, if you just base your entire team around your ballpark, you're right, LJ. You're, you're not planning for the other 81 games. <laughs> you're just not. I mean... They're just sure. not
1: important. And, you, and it's not like you... It is impossible to go undefeated at home for a year.
2: It's impossible to win 80% of your games at home for a year. Like, that would be... You know, it's impossible to win 70% of the games at home. Uh, so, for this... Team to just be where they are right now. Let's not forget they have this Charlie Blackman contract. It's 21 million this year, and then two player options up for 21 million dollars for the next two years. He's taking those player options no matter what. (laughs) It is just an absolute joke there with their payroll, how they're still spending a lot of money but are not going anywhere. They have the worst farm system in the league uh lj i know you have a few things about Trevor's story that you'd like to touch on
1: yeah screw him <laughs> he is. let's look at the final slash line for the year 245 324 465 for 23 home runs on the year and this is the guy that was supposed to be a top five shortstop this is the guy that was supposed to be moving the market this summer this winter I'm sorry, but I felt like I was preaching to no one all year when I kept saying, the dude is bad. Let's give it up already. This guy is not the guy that everybody thinks he is. Anybody who comes in this offseason and thinks that he's going to be their magical turnaround for their team, like, I'm sorry, but if the Yankees are thinking that he is the solution, no. please, no. They're fooling themselves. They're not going to get any farther with Trevor Story at shortstop than they're giving it with Torres. It is a marginal difference.
2: LJ, the starting shortstop for the Yankees on opening day 2022 will be one of the three. Actually, one of the four. Gio Urshela with Duhar somehow at third, which very unlikely, but Urshela can play short. Two, Andrew Velasquez with... DJ at third or not in the lineup and that,
1: that, Labor at no, second. Throw that out. Throw that out. Okay. That, that's a freaking terrible option.
2: DJ at third, Velasquez at short, or at second is a possibility.
1: Also, a very poor option.
2: No, I'm all right. I kid with those. The the Anything three Gio the out of the left possible, side of the of the field is no. The the three possible options at shortstop are. Clayber Torres, Andrew Velasquez, or Corey Seager. There is no in-between there. There's people who genuinely think that Carlos Correa is going to go to the Yankees, and I'd say to them, you know, have you?
1: (laughs) You've alienated him so much over the last three years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No. Like, he could hit a home run every at-bat, and Yankee fans would still boo him. I mean, there's, it, He's the one guy where it's like, he no, please no. It's gonna be you know, and I don't think it's gonna be Corey Seager either. So I'd have to imagine it's Andrew Velasquez, or or a, uh, Glaber Torres, Trevor Story, not an option. The Yankees I, better not I spend just, money. Brandon,
0: on
1: don't don't rule it out, because this team, Brandon, you saw. There was a def- definite hole where they needed to bring in a top-flight pitcher for like two and a half years, maybe three years, depending on how far you want to stretch it, before they actually got Garrett Cole through the door. And part of that was because they didn't want to overspend on somebody. What honestly makes you believe that they're not going to make that same mistake twice? If they screw up negotiations, with, if they screw up negotiations with Correa and all of a sudden Trevor's story is the only one left they're probably just gonna spend the money on something that isn't worth it
2: no I no not
1: app all over again
2: no I'm just gonna say no that's (laughs) please no please cashman don't put us through that not another high strikeout high home run hitter. We do not need that. We have Joey Gallo. He is the epitome of that and then you have Stanton and Judge who are not far behind. Please. We're no more home run, run. Your top
1: top prospects for like to bring DD Gregorius back or some stupid thing. Whatever the equivalent of the James Paxton trade was. <laughs>
2: James Paxson trade. Oh, yeah. Remember that guy. I mean, I'm looking at other shortstops who are gonna be free agents. Uh Javi Baez, uh Jose Iglesias.
1: Don't you dare.
2: Marcus Simeon. I mean, Marcus Simeon, LJ. Yeah,
1: oh my gosh, I forget he's a shortstop.
2: Chris Taylor is a free agent. Angelton Simmons will be a free agent. Jonathan VR. There's there's some names there. I mean Marcus Simeon, Marcus I think he'd look good. He good in pinstripes, but unfortunately I think the Blue Jays are going to spend a lot of money to get him back. I mean, so if they already spent 18 million on one year, they might as well just make that like a $20 million or a 20 mil a year for the next four years for him.
1: It's, and it's a unique And they'd be underpaid. You, you have – if you're a guy like Corey Seager, you've got a legitimate chance to become the greatest shortstop the Yankees have ever seen, right?
2: All right, here we go.
1: <laughs> who, who am I missing?
2: LJ, we need to talk about... No, Brandon, this- I'm
1: confused based, based on your reaction. Who am I missing?
2: Oh, I don't know. He just he got inducted into the Hall of Fame a couple of days ago. Who? Hmm. DJ is, is, is his initials. The guy who dated a uh, Jessica Alba, you know him.
1: Oh, are you talking about Derek Jeter?
2: Yeah, there you oh, go. No, wait,
1: he was a shortstop. Geez, for a shortstop, he didn't stop much.
2: LJ, what was the Colorado Rockies' best moment of the season?
1: <laughs> um, Pete Alonzo's home run derby performance.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs>
1: Oh. I can't give you a serious answer here. This is probably the most forgettable. Is this, is this the most forgettable team this year? If it weren't for them to push this dumbass story narrative, which let me remind you, the guy finished the year with, what did I say, 23 home runs, or he's going to finish the year with 23 or 24 home runs and was in the home run derby, and you were defending that decision? Freaking bum.
2: LJ, I found it. The Rockies won on a walk-off against the Rangers in 11 innings on June 1st. There you go.
1: See the fact the fact that you can find that so specifically, so easily, shows you there's such so little things to hype up about this group.
2: Well, if it makes you feel better, Baseball Reference has a championship leverage index. It shows you how important the game each game was. Their most important game of the year was uh, April 2nd. The season started (laughs) on April 1st. So needless to say, they have not played an important game of baseball in a very, very long time. Uh, And yeah, not looking good.
1: All right, Brandon, uh, biggest surprise of the year.
2: CJ Crone. Uh, they sign him on a $1 million deal, the only major league player that the Rockies end up signing in free agency, the only team to only sign one player as a free agent this offseason. $1 million, LJ, and this guy has slashed 277, 370, 530 slugging percentage for 28 bombs. I mean... Did the Rockies actually make a good move here for once? A million dollars for a guy for twenty eight bombs and a one twenty seven ops plus
1: mm-hmm. Question is, yeah, that was a one year, right?
2: One year, one million dollars.
1: Do you keep him around?
2: If they don't keep him around, I think Rockies fans might kill Jeff Breidich and The owners of the Rockies, whoever that might be.
1: Well, they'll kill Jeff Bryage for any chance, any opportunity they get, even if he's not even.
2: Yeah, no, he's not even the GM, but they would still kill him.
1: (laughs) They'll still kill him just for anything.
2: They would kill him because he didn't sign him to a two year deal in the first place. (laughs) There you go. (laughs)
1: No, no, no. We're just going to see a few years from now Zach Veen strikes out or Zach Veen makes an error in 2027 and all of a sudden there's an angry mob at Jeff Bridges' door.
2: Yeah, you know, we talk about real quick this Rockies farm system. Their top prospect isn't going to be in the majors until 2025.
1: He's also the 72nd overall prospect in the league. And he's the only only guy in their system in the top 100.
2: Rough. How do you miss on that many good draft picks? I don't get it. Like, that's like almost well, New York Giants level of incompetence drafting.
1: In their defense, they haven't had that many high draft picks. Like, maybe the last year or two. But before that, they were... They were
2: yeah, no, I forgot that they won the NL West. Yeah, yeah. or almost won the NL West.
1: All right, well, I think I'm going to go ahead and just remind you guys of all of this one more time to answer the um, biggest disappointment of the year. Trevor Story. Bum. (laughs) All right,
2: well, uh, thank you all for listening. Um,
1: Wait, real quick before we go, um, our quick outside of baseball sports moment of the day. Uh, Congratulations and thank you to the service of Manny Pacquiao. Retired during the recording of this show at 62, eight and two for his career record.
0: He
2: remains the only boxer ever to hold a world championship in eight separate divisions, not weight classes, divisions, Uh, which is impressive in itself. For those who don't understand boxing, it's, you know, it's a bunch of politics. It's a bunch of BS Pacquiao just loved to fight, and he's the man. Uh, LJ, I think he said he wants to run for Congress in the Philippines. Is that where he's from? Yes, he's He wants to actually run for Congress and potentially make a presidential bid there too. So, yes, your feel-good sports moment of the day, non-baseball sports moment of the day, Manny Pac-Man Pacquiao. retired. It's just a
1: shame, just a shame he wasn't able to end on a win.
2: It is Uh surprise. He went this long though. Uh, yes. Respect. All right. Thank you all for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB daily pod, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
1: See you manana. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages.